This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, December 18th, 2019. And of course, you know that means we only have seven days left to Christmas. One week. Then, then after that, a couple days after that, we're into the new year and the new decade. Pretty good, huh? Pretty fast. Now, we've all been watching the news, and it always is interesting. Well, not always, maybe. But I, I find it interesting. Um, and the, the, everything is changing. It always changes. And that's one of the reasons why I like doing what I do. You have to stay on top of it, and it's different. It's always something different. Maybe... You know, a lot of times it's the same, but different results. And, you know, I I really do like looking at the economy and figure out what's going on there. And the news, you know, drives certain aspects of the economy and certain aspects of the stock market. You can't can't just look at the economic numbers and ignore the news and vice versa. You got to kind of meld them together to try to develop a picture of what's going on. And it can be difficult. I'm Steve Peasley. I thank you for joining me today, and I hope you will call because this is a call-in show. you got to ask questions. You ask financial questions. We don't do anything but financial questions here. I don't want to get into the politics of anything other than what politics might do to the stock market. Then I'll talk about it. But I don't want to talk about politics. One thing I don't care for is politics. Um Um, But I do care that it does influence the market, so I have to be aware of that. Um, So, again, it's a call-in show. Your questions drive it. You take it wherever direction you want to do. You want to take it. Um, We can talk about stocks. We can talk about uh, insurance. We can talk about real estate. We can talk about gold. I don't care. 401ks, annuities. I don't care. Anything financial, we'll talk about. So, why don't you give me a call? I know everything we talk about here on this show is an effort to make you a more educated investor so you can become a a person with financial freedom at some point down the road. And, you know, it doesn't just happen overnight. It, you know, it takes time. People think that, you know, I'll buy this stock and it'll go up tomorrow. Uh, no, it may take a year. It may not go do anything for a year. But it still may be a button you should be buying and own. But it may take for many years. You know, it may take several years. You don't know. There's no, you know, buy it today, goes up 20%, buy it tomorrow. By the end of the year, I'm up 20%. That, that's, I wish it was that way, but it's not. It takes time and effort. So I'm going to try to give you unbiased guidance to get there. That's what I'm here for, to help you get to that be on that path, stay on that path to get through enough money so you can, the money can, can the money can earn money for you instead of you having to spend time earning it. Okay, now, to get started, you got to call. The listener line is always open and the number is always at 888-99-CHART. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're live four to five Pacific time and it's the same number, 888-99-CHART. 
Okay, so as you know, the new year will be here soon. And for those who have been asking for my portfolio review consultation dates in New York and and now I'm going to be in Dallas, Texas, it's going to be Dallas, Texas, January 24th, which is a Friday. Then Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to be visiting with relatives. Then Monday, I fly on to New York. And on Tuesday, the 28th and 29th, Tuesday and Wednesday, I'll be in New York City. So those are my scheduled days. Okay, they're coming up. So if you want to meet with me, please contact me, send me an email, let me know that you're interested, um, and we'll start the process. Uh, I'm I'm pretty full, and I'm trying to accommodate as much as many people as I can. So I've kind of bifurcated the the days, you know, to try to you know try to accommodate everybody. So. It would be helpful the sooner you try to make that reservations, the better, because then I can accommodate you. Okay? So, if you're serious, you're serious about your assets, you're serious about doing something about it, or you're serious about giving up and letting me manage it, I'll be happy to talk to you about that. Of course, that's what I do. But if you're just serious and you need help, I'll try to help as best I can. There's no cost or obligation or anything like that. And of course, if you were in Southern California, I can meet you in my Irvine offices also. I'm, I'm there most of the time. Now, my main talking point today concerns a prediction. Amazon will be the most important company of the 2020s. Will it? Well, it has already become one of the most powerful and feared companies in the tech sector, right? There's a lot of criticism, and I expect that criticism to grow year after year after year. I do. I think they're going to get more and more in those crosshairs of government. Government anti-monopolistic kind of things. So I think you need to be ready for that. And, of course, i got other interesting things to talk about. Uh, what would trigger a bear market? What would trigger it? Because I'm not predicting one. I don't think we're going to see one in 2020 either. So, but what would trigger a bear market? And have you been paying attention? Have you read anything or know anything about what's going on with consumer credit debt? This is an area, you got corporate debt and consumer credit debt. Now, this is the area that things develop that causes uh, recessions. So maybe we should take a quick look at that and see, how, is, there, is it a problem? Is it growing? Is it shrinking? What's going on? And the Federal Reserve denies restarting QE. How come no one believes them? How come there's most people in the marketplace, most market participants believe they did start QE? Well, what's the story? We'll talk about that too. Those are the things I'm going to discuss. But of course, you drive the show wherever direction you want. And maybe I won't even get to those things because you callers come in and they want to drive it. Okay, that's fine. I'm waiting for your calls. What happened in the market today? Well, it was kind of mixed. The Dow was down 28. Uh, the NASDAQ was up four and the S&P was down one. The market was down. The Dow was down because of FedEx. FedEx. Federal Express. Well, I think we got some more details on that. But they were the ones that caused that down, down market. Without them, the market would have been up. The Dow would have been up anyways. Okay. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And as a first step in building a more profitable investment strategy, you need to define your investment comfort zone. And it's easy. 
to quickly calibrate your risk tolerance anytime by using a free online tool that I have at investtalk.com. We call it Riskalyze. That's the name of it, Riskalyze. It's a questionnaire, a very short questionnaire, and it grates your, grates your, your risk score. So go ahead and take it, investtalk.com. But now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. Christmas will soon be here, then New Year's. Your financial freedom requires making the right decisions, and 2020 will bring new challenges. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are ready to provide unbiased guidance on Invest Talk or through direct engagement. Keep listening and learn more anytime at investtalk.com. 888 chart. Let's go to Bob in Sacramento. How are you doing, Bob? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for taking my call and Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too. Uh, I wanted to ask you about, uh, I'm trying to figure out some long-term strategies um, next year to buy or a year and a half from now to buy. Um, uh-huh. what, what do you think about AI hearing aids or cataract companies? Is there one that you um, prefer, like the... Hmm technology of it the selling of it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or so you're thinking you so you're thinking the aging baby boomers are going to need more and more cataract surgeries and hearing aids my mom and dad just got both of them <laughs> yeah yeah and that's nothing wrong with that thinking there's nothing wrong with it at all you know it's just you know the baby boomers there's a lot of them and yeah i you know we've talked about that you know as they get older they're going to need more and more and more services i mean more funeral homes right i mean the, the truth is the truth more funeral homes more assisted living homes more more uh, artificial knees you name it they're going to need it right and they have the money to buy it too so yeah you're saying you want to focus on hearing aids and uh, and uh, cataract surgery. Hmm. Well, I, I would pref- I might prefer the hearing aids because you could actually find companies who make those, and the big boys are ones who are going to benefit probably. And that would be um, okay. I wouldn't pick Johnson Johnson because they're too diverse, and even though the sales of hearing aids will, for them will go up, it won't impact them. So you need to have a more specific, a little more directed company that makes makes those things and they're probably going to make more than just the hearing aids they're probably going to do other things health wise and i don't know anything off the top of my head and i couldn't really bring them up anyways bob i can't like name a company and say okay this is a company i like and i think you should buy that is against the rules the sec rules I can answer questions about a company. We can talk about philosophy. We can talk about how to find the kind of hearing aid company. And I, I obviously would be in the go to the sector where they're the health sector, but there's a subsector um, uh, in there that has uh, that focuses on you know artificial type limbs and that that kind of stuff. And you're going to have to go to that sector. And I just don't know, you know, off the top of my head, even if I could give it to you, who that would be. But I kind of like the, I like the thinking, Bob. I think the thinking is good. Now, so now you got to find the right party, and that's going to be tough. Good luck with it, Bob. Sorry I can't help you with it much more than that. Thank you. Let's go to Paige in Sunnyvale. How you doing, Paige? Hi, I'm just fine, thanks. Thank you for calling. Yeah. 
So I'm a regular okay. listener. You'll know from my question. Great. A couple of weeks ago, someone called and asked, how do you project the value of a stock? And you gave two okay. answers. And one of them, my husband mm-hmm. and I were able to make sense of and um, kind of create a formula so we could apply it. The other one we couldn't make sense of, even though we listened to it over and over. And the one we couldn't understand was the one where you use the EPS estimate for the next year and you multiply it by the growth rate of the EPS. Mm-hmm. We couldn't okay. figure out that formula. Okay. Um, okay. Maybe that's my fault. Maybe I wasn't clear. Yeah, those are, these are two, those are the two quick and dirty ways to do it. Uh, one is using the PE ratio, right, and uh, looking at the forward earnings estimate and multiply it times the low of the PE ratio of the last five years and the high of the PE ratio of the last five years, and your stock should be in that range, price range, right now. And whether if it's low, then you know it's on, you know, it's probably undervalued. You know, therefore it might go to the high. Anyways, the one you're talking about is a little bit more sketchy as far as working well. It works well when companies are growing, not big blue chip stocks. And what you're doing is you're taking the earnings per share estimate. Okay, the earnings per share estimate for next year, let's say it's a, a dollar per share. And let's look at the earnings estimate, the actual earnings this year. Let's say that's 50 cents. Okay? So that's a growth rate of 50%, right? 50. Mm -hmm. 50%. You take that 50, multiply it times next year's earnings per share, and that's a dollar, that stock should be worth $50. Did you get it? So the growth rate in earnings... Let's say it's you know it's growing from a dollar to a dollar twenty, dollar this year to a dollar twenty next year. That growth rate is twenty percent. So I multiply twenty percent times a dollar twenty, and I get a price. So it works well when companies are growing. It works well in medium-sized company. It doesn't work well with very very fast-growing companies and very very slow-growing companies. It does not because you get too distorted. Okay, that's the two methods. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that Invest Talk radio program and its podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with unbiased commentary and 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 anything I can do for you to help you get to where you need to go. So give me a call eight 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 ninety nine chart. It's another busy investor work week. You've got investment and financial questions, and Steve and Justin are ready to give you their unbiased guidance. The Invest Talk phone lines are open, so call now 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, you're listening to Invest Talk, everybody, and I'm Steve Peasley. Have you heard me and Justin tell you not to try to time the market? Because it's done work, it's very difficult. But it can it can be interesting as a just just a exercise of interest to look at historical trends, okay? And you know you can try to apply them to current day, you know, present day situation. But one of the historical trends I want to talk about is the impeachments. You know, we've had impeachments before, right? And that's in the news right now. 
In the first year after the Clinton impeachment, the market rallied 39%. And during the entire period of the Clinton impeachment controversy in the late 1990s, the S&P was up 26%. However, in the year of the Nixon impeachment, the market went down. And during the period of Nixon impeachment controversy, which was in the mid-70s, the S&P was down 30%. So now, does this tell us anything about now? What's going on right today? No. I think the market is totally ignoring the current impeachment controversy. But it's just kind of interesting. So I don't think there's any correlation. So if anybody thinks there is one, I, I doubt it. It all goes to back to the economy, back to growth rates, back to earnings estimates, those kinds of things. You know, and how much how much money the Fed is flooding or not flooding into the system? Are they raising or lowering interest rates? Okay. Since the 1950, the S&P 500 index has gained an average of about one and third percent in the final days of the trading year. Okay, and the first two days of the next year. Uh, so this is called Santa, Santa Claus rally, and that's where what we have been in. Now we have what seven days left, trading days left in the year. I'm kind of thinking that we're probably we might have seen the rally. I don't know if it's going to continue to rally because simple simple reason. I'm thinking we're going to see some uh, tax loss selling. So people are going to sell stocks, sell their losers to apply to the gain, to capital gains they've have, have had this year. We'll see. Let's go and get another caller in. This call came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I was calling about the ETF, F-I-B-G. It's a 5G um, next generation ETF. I'm interested about in this sector because I think it could be the new technology boom here in the next couple of years, you know, within the cell phones and the medical field with automation. I was just wondering if you think what a good price to get in is or if this is even a good ETF. Just trying to get your opinion. Thank you. Okay, yeah, I think you buy it now. I don't think you worry too much. It broke out like three or four days ago, uh, about, uh, and it's been higher highs and higher lows. So it's in an upward trend, and you stick with the trend. This is defi- uh, Defiance F5G Next Generation Connections, I guess. Exchange-traded funding and performance corresponding to the Blue Star 5G Communications Index. And 5G is going to be big, but I don't, I don't see it as a long-term... Something that's going to last long. Remember, what happens when they finish building out 5G? Then what? What will do? What will this ETF do? Right? I mean, it's a brand new ETF. It came out in March. So what is it going to do? What, what is it going to do after the 5G is built out in the last couple of years? Is it those stocks not going to perform? What, what, what stocks are they buying? What's in that index? I will definitely look at what's in the index and see how it, see what's in there before I buy it. But as far as a strictly, you know, I like the concept because 5G is, they're going to spend a lot of money on 5G. But I would like to see the stocks that are in there and see how over or underpriced they are. And that's what I would do. But as far as a technical analysis, it broke out, time to buy it. So, depends on your... Now, uh, you know, there's other ways to play 5G than buying an ETF. There's other ways to do it, but 
It's up to you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, um, uh, let's see, what was I going to talk about? Uh, most stock investors think the Fed has restarted emergency stimulus. Have they? Have the Fed started a new QE? That's a big question people are ans- asking, and most of most of the investors out there, most of the people like myself, believe they are. This is why. Because the Federal Reserve denies that they're doing it. They, they're not in it. But in October, okay, October, the Fed announced it would expand its balance sheet by buying U.S. debt from major banks. And at the next, very next sentence, it says, but is, this is not QE. QE, quantum easing, flooding the market with money, that was, how did they do it? They bought federal mortgage, federal debt, mortgage debt. They bought debt. Remember, that's what the Fed said they're going to do. Buying U.S. debt from major banks. What? Isn't that QE? Hmm. Doesn't make sense. Okay. We've all seen the news. Amazon has stepped away from FedEx shipping in favor of delivering its own packages, right? So we know that. Here's my trivia question. How many cargo aircraft does Amazon operate? Cargo aircraft. And how does Amazon compare with the size of FedEx and UPS cargo fleets? I'll have the answer on the, after the break. But now I'm taking, you know, we got to take a market break, obviously, but I'm taking your financial questions live. You can call 888-99-CHART. Numbers are elusive. It's about 5% of my overall portfolio. They're always changing. I have uh, about like $3,000, I would say. On InvestTalk, the focus is on numbers that affect our listeners. We took uh, 20% out to buy a property, investment property. InvestTalk listeners know it's all about the numbers. Am I going to get cheaper mortgage rates if I wait till the end of the year? So the questions keep coming. Let's talk to Cindy in San Jose. How are you doing, Cindy? Hi, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. From every part of America. I wanted to ask you guys about adding two of my positions in these two names right now. Should I sell it and take the profit? Steve Peasley and Justin Klein analyze the complex patterns in those numbers and do their very best to decipher the potential meanings. Really learned a lot from you guys. Independent thinking, shared success. InvestTalk.com This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So what's on your mind? What do you guys want to talk about? Uh, Let's see. How about the answer to the trivia question? Okay, Amazon Air, formerly known as Amazon Prime Air, is a cargo airline operating exclusively to transport Amazon packages. Amazon just announced it will add 10 more planes to its cargo aircraft fleet over the next two years. That will bring its fleet number to 50 planes. 
So, at the moment, Amazon operates approximately 40 cargo aircraft. Amazon Air isn't likely to compete with UPS or FedEx as a third-party air cargo provider, but it shows that they might be moving away from using those services. How many cargo aircraft does FedEx operate? Well, as of December 2019, FedEx had 456 planes. Okay, and they have four more on order. How many cargo planes do UPS have? As of December, UPS operates 261. Remember, the Fed, uh, Amazon has 40 and it's going to go to 50. So it has a lot more planes in it than, than they do. FedEx has, uh, has more Boeing 757 planes than any other type, 119 in its fleet. The average fleet age of FedEx aircraft is 21 years, so they're not new. They don't need to be. UPS, uh, like FedEx, has more than more Boeing 757 planes than any other. 75 in its fleet. The average fleet age in UPS is 19 years. So that's the that's where the stats they have. They have a lot more planes than Amazon, but Amazon's only delivering its own own stuff, not everybody else's. And they probably won't expand because then they have to worry about making profits, and that's you know. You got to compete with the big boys. Yeah, so we'll see. My main talking point today concerns the prediction Amazon will be the most important company of the 2020s, but criticism is still rising. Uh, the being, you know, it's it's obvious why that's happened. I um, mean, if you think about it for a minute, you have uh, Amazon getting into every aspect of, you know, of, of, of our economy, not just, I mean, there's very few things that is not dipping its fingers in. Okay, they're not getting into energy. Okay, I get that. Yeah, there are certain areas in healthcare, they're not going there. Okay, but what's happening is here is this cargo delivery stuff, right? That's they're going to deliver their own things. If they started to branch out, do you think that, I, I mean, would it mean that they're, could they dominate that field and knock off the UPS and FedEx? I don't think so. But, you know, there are areas they're getting in that isn't in, that they dominate when they get into it. They start to dominate it. And that is going to be, you know, anti-competitive. Okay. Um, so, they're, the, remember, right now that might not be that big of a problem. Okay. Because, you know, Retails sales, their biggest uh, area that they're in, you know, they're competing with the likes of Target and Costco and Walmart, and those are healthy competitors, right? That so that area is not. I don't know if that's in danger of Amazon dominating that area, but I do think that they're getting into so many different areas that it could, at some point mean that they had to be broken up. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm not saying next year or the year after that or five years from now, but down the road, if they continue on the path, they will be dominant. And, I mean, when you become dominant and and the competitors can't compete with you anymore, the government will step in. So... I just think we should be aware of it. I, I'm, I don't want to be a, a, a doomsday or anything like that because I don't think that's the case. But they are getting into so many different areas, I could see it being a problem down the road.
just just think something to keep in mind. Okay, so let's keep the moving. The caller's questions coming in. 888-99-CHART. Here's a caller came in earlier. Hello, Stephen Justin. Hi, this is Jim from Virginia. Question about adding income to a portfolio. I'm 55 years old, and I've been trying to get into dividend payers, but valuations have been stretched, and it's hard to find a good entry point for most companies. Question about the dogs of the Dow. Since the year 2000, the returns have been about 10%, which includes the dot-com bubble and the financial crisis. So I was looking to potentially add that into my portfolio. It would be about 10%, and it seems like an easy way to add income and get a decent return. So I wanted to get your opinion. Thanks, and I will listen to your response on the podcast. I do like the dogs of the Dow uh, um, the the strategy. Dog, it's called dogs of the Dow, everybody, and it's very simple. It's really very simple. You take the highest yielding, lowest priced, uh, uh, highest yielding, lowest price Dow stocks. Ten of them. The ten highest yielding, lowest price stocks. Okay, and you buy them. Then next year. You adjust the portfolio, again, buying the 10 highest yielding, lowest price. It could be the same stocks, and often is you're, you're only changing one, maybe two, three stocks out. You know, replacing some with, you know, the, you're, you're selling the, the higher priced ones, now going back to the lower priced ones. So, it, it works over time. It has worked over time. And I see nothing wrong with it. What it does for you is it buys big blue chip stocks, because the Dow only has blue chip stocks, and it buys them when they're relatively low price compared to their dividends. And therefore, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, what if all Dow stocks are way overpriced? That's possible too, right? But it still will give you the highest yielding, which means they're probably the lowest priced stocks in the Dow. So it's a pretty, it's been around for many, many, many years and it has worked. Now, some years it works better than just buying the index, some years it doesn't. But it is a good way to buy high income stocks. There's ETFs out there, by the way, high dividend paying ETFs that you could buy as well. And I have a short list of them if you want them. But you gotta send me an email. But you can do it that way too these days. It didn't used to have those kinds of things, those kind of instruments, and not that many years ago. But now these days, you can the ETFs slice and dice the market in so many different ways that you can participate in any fashion you want to these days. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. Well, so obviously you understand the importance of unbiased guidance, or else you wouldn't be listening to me. So I encourage you to consider subscribing to the KPP Premium Newsletter. That's unbiased. It gives you, it distri- I distribute it every Friday, and it gives you valuable information each week. And it comes out every Friday. I write that darn thing every week. I take the week's economic news and events, and I kind of consolidate them into a you know, short couple paragraphs of what happened this week, give you a couple stock ideas, I give you a, a, a helpful hints on how to manage portfolio, that kind of thing. So you can subscribe to it. Go to investtalk.com. Now I'm ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve Peasley has added two new portfolio review trips to his schedule. Steve will be in Dallas, Texas on Friday, January 24th, 
and he'll return to New York City for two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, January 28th and 29th. These are no-cost and no-obligation consultations. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Steve and Justin welcome your investing questions, and the phone lines are open. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Kevin from Michigan. I am new to investing. I've been listening to the show for a while. I love the show. I've got a question about Aurora Cannabis ticker ACB. They have been absolutely beat up this year, and I got beat up with them. I'm just curious if you guys look at the charts and think that they have likelihood of going bankrupt, if their stock's going to be cut in half, or if they've finally found an area where somebody might think about buying them. I'm holding on to my stocks right now. I'm down 40%, but I'm more interested in buying more than I am selling. I just would really appreciate some insight. I'll listen on the podcast. Well, apparently you like a lot of punishment here because this stock, uh, this is one of the big issues I have on this show. And you know, if you're a listener, do not buy stocks that don't make money. And Aurora Cannabis not going to make money this year. It's never made money in the years before. And it's not going to make money next year. It's going to lose money. It is growing sales. That's good. It's a Canadian-based company that engaged in the production and distribution of medical cannabis. ACB is a symbol, Aurora Cannabis. So the good part is it's growing its sales. The bad part is it seems to not be able to turn a profit. When will that happen? Well, I would suggest you wait till it happens before you buy any stock that doesn't make money. There's going to be some winners in this field. Okay, when I say winners, I mean uh, price, stock price is going up. This stock is $2.19 a share, and it's going to lose $0.09 cents a share next year. Sales growth of sales are up 100 to 200 to 300, 400%, a quarter of a quarter a quarter. But it's a $2.2 billion company with no profits. I just don't like buying stocks like that. It doesn't make sense to me. Because, you know, I don't know if it'll go bankrupt. It could because it's not making any money. So how's it going to how's it going to make money? Well, it can sell more shares and dilute you. So therefore, it has more money in the coffers, so it can lose more money every year. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it to tell you if it's going to you know, turn around. I don't know if the earnings are uh, earnings per share is actually going to go up at some point. Don't know that, and there's no way of knowing it at this point. But I wouldn't own it. I, I wouldn't own it. Let's go to Robert in Pleasanton. How you doing, Robert? Hey, Steve. Pretty good. How about you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Hey, just looking go at ahead. what happened with uh, FedEx today. Um, took a yeah. pretty big drop, and it's been going down for a while now. I'm not looking to try to catch a falling knife, but I'm just wondering if you think that this might be a point in time where it would be a buy. Yes, I do. Um, they have earnings. They have lots of earnings. Uh, and yeah, the earnings are going to go down to $12.03 a share this year after making $15 and some cents last year. But next year, the earnings are going to go up to $13.72. Um, so I th- at some point, 
valuation is going to come into the stock. Uh, that it's a if it's going to make thirteen dollars seventy two cents, it's a hundred forty six dollars stock. It's selling for like a twelve PE. Okay, so um, maybe eleven PE. The five year range is nine to twenty three. Return on equity is very high at twenty two percent. Cash flow is really high at twenty eight. Uh, so I, I don't. I think that the Amazon thing will will be competition for them, but what's more important to to FedEx is the world economic growth. Uh, if that starts to turn around, FedEx will go up. The price will go up. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm a little concerned because you know they're under pressure because of the competition from Amazon. But Amazon is only delivering their own goods, so it's a question of how fast Amazon can grow and how big of a piece of the pie they're taking. And at this point, it is a negative that is a worry, worrying negative. But I don't think FedEx is going to go anywhere. I don't think it's going to go bankrupt or anything like that at all. They make way too much money. Um, so I think you just need to be more concerned about the world economy and its growth and how it affects FedEx. So good luck with it, Robert. I hope it works. FDX is the symbol. Let's go to Harish in Santa Clara. How are you doing, Harish? You're doing good, Steve. Thank you. Thanks for taking the call. Thank you for the call. I have a question about you. Intel, Intel Corp. Um, I mean, technically, how does this, how does this uh, look like? How does the chart look like? And what would be a good entry point if somebody wants to get in, or what would be the exit point if um, I mean, things doesn't look good? Okay, uh, Intel, INTC. Of course, we all know manufacturers, microprocessors, chipsets, network processors, memory storage set chips, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, they're selling for $57.17. They're going to make $4.61 this year. They're going to make $4.68 next year. Sell growth is kind of flat the last four quarters. Um, it'll pick up, I'm sure, in the next few years. It's going to pick back up. It's a big blue chip stock. I mean, we're talking about a $248 billion size company. Pays 2.2% dividend. And right now, it's kind of on the low side of the price because they're going to make $4.68 and it's a $57 stock. So you're talking about, you know, a 12 PE or so. So, and the five-year range is 9 to 16. So it's kind of right in the middle of that range. Return on equity is very high at 30%. Uh, so I probably wouldn't buy it now because it's kind of in the middle of its price range. I probably, I would rather see you buy it in the very low 50s, 50, 51 dollars a share. I think that's a much better place to buy if it gets down to that area. But I don't think I'd buy it here. I don't think I would. Thank you for the call. INTC, everybody, Intel. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Pizzi, and we have one goal here, everybody, to help you achieve financial freedom, whatever that means to you. And our work, the work will continue right after this break. So, Robert from Vancouver, hang on. You'll be the next after the break, so don't go away. 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, the S&P 500 is within striking distance of its best year since 1997 which saw a 31% gain. That story tomorrow. 
But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Robert, I appreciate you holding on. Thank you. Robert Vancouver. Hi, Steve. So I got a question about um, the fall with Boeing, and I'm wondering if now is a good time to get in because I saw it hit like the the all-time low for the year, like 320 a share. Is it right. at the bottom? Mm-hmm. Well, the odds are pretty good. You know, it's all about the bad news of the 737 MAX 8, right? I mean, they said they were going to stop making them. And so that's what, you know, that's more bad news for them. And it's a question, well, how much bad news will will this, you know, how much bad news can they handle and still go, the stock go down? And I think it's gone down this far, 320, as you pointed out, back in August, then we went down to about 3.30 or so in uh, October, because it also went up to 3.80. Uh, then in October, from October, went to back to 3.75. Then now back down to 3.30 and almost 3.20 a couple yesterday. So my opinion is, this is where the bottom is. It's going to make $18.92 next year after making only $0.82 cents this year. Now that eighteen ninety two may be revised downward as possible, but it's a three hundred and thirty dollars stock. So how much? What PE ratio is that? Well, I mean, you know, if if you give a a, a twenty PE, it's about two hundred and something. So it's not a cheap stock even after this fall. So even based on next year's earnings of eighteen dollars ninety, I think that's where the problem is. No matter how you look at it, it's still not cheap. It's just at a low of its range. And that range has been going on since a long time. And we're talking about since 2018. Last year and this year. That's yeah, the range. Yeah, I think it I think I, I think it I think it could easily float back up to the top of the range around three seventy, three seventy five. I do. <clears throat> so you know, if that's a, you can play the range, and this is the bottom of the range. You can then your range trading. That's very possible, and and it's doable here in the stock. I, I think, I mean, I think most of the bad news is out. I mean, well, how else, well, how bad can it more can it get about the seven thirty seven max? They stop making them. You know, so anyways, Rob, appreciate the call. Boeing B A is the symbol, everybody B A eight 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 ninety nine chart. Okay. Uh, what would trigger a bear market? I, I, I have three things here that I think could trigger a bear market. And one of them is political, uh, the politics, re-election next year. I think if, if Trump does not get re-elected, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm for Trump or against Trump. I'm looking at what the competition for him is saying about taxes. They all want to raise taxes, and the market won't like that. So if he loses, the market's going to say, uh-oh, and the market could, could really take an upset late next, late in the year or, next, or late next year as it approaches the election if it looks like he's going to lose. That's one. Number two, inflation. I know we've talked about inflation. I've told you there's no worries about inflation for some time, and there's no hint of inflation. Well, we're starting to get a little hint on wage inflation. I think inflation, if that starts to pick up, 
but it's got to pick up much better, much higher than it is right now. That could cause a bear market. And I think that's possible because of what the Fed's doing with its, its not calling it QE, QE kind of thing. And what another thing's going around the world, what's happening. And another third one could be a very bad credit crunch, credit event. Remember, um, corporations borrowed a ton of money in the last 10, 15 years because they're so cheap. Well, they're going to have to pay the money back at some point. And, you know, they, the consumer credit uh, problems is getting bigger and bigger. So, consumer credit delinquencies are growing. Not anything outlandish or terrible, but it's growing. So, I could see that being a third possible reason why uh, we'll be in a bear market. We could go to a bear market. I don't think we are, though, to be honest. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin will be here tomorrow. I return on Friday. Looking at the calendar, only one more week until Christmas. Please tell your friends and family members that I'm traveling to Dallas or New York if they want to meet with me in January. They could benefit. Anyways, learn more. Register at uh, investtalk.com. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.